Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 47 of College Football Throwdown. I am your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Hey, Husker fans, what's happening? <laughs> That's right, here we are on this uh, Sunday evening uh, discussing the Nebraska-Illinois game. Um, we did our last podcast from the uh, glorious, uh, what do you call it, center of the universe of Lincoln, Nebraska. Epicenter. Yes. Yeah, I refer to it as the epicenter of the universe. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yes, the epicenter of the universe, like in Nebraska, where we had a fun podcast with my sister Olivia and my cousin Haley. Um, I thought that one was a good bit of fun right after the Rutgers game. Um, but now we're back to our traditional setup after watching our uh, Friday game of the Illinois game. Yeah, that that, that was a little bit odd, but... Uh... Uh, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad there's a lot of momentum to not do that in the future. Yeah, yeah. It seems like people are, you know, just because that's high school football, and just selfishly for me, um, like I had to get off of work a little early to try to make it to the game, so it puts added pressure, you know, <laughs> for me to watch the yes, game. Yes, but but mostly it's about high school football. That's my big opposition to that. Right. Yes. Okay, um, and one little uh, tidbit I wanted to mention here before we get into the meat of our podcast. Um, I was checking our iTunes page today, and I clearly don't check it often enough, uh, because we actually have a review on there that I hadn't seen before. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so this is actually from February 25th, 2016, so <laughs> a, a little old, as, as I mentioned, um, but it's from username msudad. Rated five stars, love it, says, I'm a guy who knows very little about football, but both my kids go to Big Ten University, so I want to be able to know what's going on, and this podcast is great. So, wow, that was, that was nice of him. Yes, so thank you, MSU Dad. Uh, we appreciate that, and you guys can find us at College Football Throwdown on iTunes and leave similar reviews, whether positive or negative. We just like to hear constructive feedback. Absolutely. Would love to hear from anybody who's interested or, or finds our particular approach with the father-son duo and just the, the almost dialogue nature of, of uh, us having a conversation with each, with each other is, uh, is uh, whether they enjoy that or not. Yeah. All right. And uh, before we get into our discussion of the game, I think you have a beverage for us there, Dad? I do, my son. Yes, I'm ready to do this too, boy. Long day. <laughs> All right. Ah, oh, there it okay. is. Okay. Beautiful. Happy camper. All right. Happy camper. <laughs> All righty then. So, um, going into the Illinois game, uh, first things first, we're going to go over our predictions. Um, so, I had predicted a 28-17 victory, uh, whereas you had predicted a 42-21 victory. Uh, Haley had a 28-21 victory close to mine, and Olivia said 31-21, whereas the actual final score was 28-6. to uh, Okay. So, uh, I think I win again for being closest, uh, considering that I got our score correct, and actually overestimated on their score, but I was the lowest of everyone who voted. But my, but my margin, my margin was almost right. That's true. You had you had the twenty one point margin that you got. So I, I don't know. The listeners can decide. We'll call it a draw. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. Fine. 
call it a draw. Um, yeah, because yeah, you were. Uh, I guess you, your kind of philosophy going into it was that you thought we could definitely score on them, but that they would score on us. And in actuality, right. um, our defense did a pretty good job of shutting them down the whole game. They did, and 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 our offense could have, and frankly, should have scored more points. Right. Well, they, I mean, we did not play well in the second half, which we'll get into, I'm sure. Yes, we will get into that. Um, and, you know, that last drive of the game, I mean, we were just uh, running Ozigbo, and he was getting four yards of carry. So we definitely would have scored on that drive, I think, if we had been inclined to. But we were just content to run out the clock and go home with the W there. Right, exactly. Which, which I'm fine with. You know, I don't need to yeah, be one of these teams that runs up the score. Uh, because um, on the plus side of things, it seems like Langsdorf listened to the podcast from last week uh, <laughs> and uh, and took a few things to heart in terms of running the football and focusing on getting first downs and things of that nature. Yes, I would totally agree with you. Um, and I loved I loved the fact that he changed up his passing game and changed the types of pass plays. Now, we did have some big explosive plays, don't get me wrong. I mean... You know, the 45-yard touchdown pass to uh, Pearsonell was uh, typical of, of some other uh, games that he's had in the past. But he did have uh, a good number of passes that were shorter, that were just beyond the sticks or, you know, five yards beyond the sticks um, and, uh, and were the lower percentage or, excuse me, lower risk, higher percentage types of passes that, that I have tried to ask for on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that as well. We were definitely throwing some, you know, like seven-yard, five-yard passes, you know, that then, you know, sometimes the five-yard pass, our guy would run enough to get the first down. Um, And I definitely liked seeing that change because that's something that is easier on Tanner, you know, builds some confidence, gets our team the first downs, which is what we want right now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and going into some stats from the game, I have them pulled up here. Um, we had uh, 23 first downs compared to their 15 and were uh, 7 for 11 on third down conversions was there were 5 of 12. And I think you can look to our um, running game for why we were able to get more third downs than we have been in the past. Right, absolutely. Because you had uh, a lot more third and manageable type of situations. Well, not a lot more, but we had more. And... Uh, and and then and then there was some good third down conversions on the pass side as well. Right. Yeah. And another overall trend, which this was a bit different from the past, is that the the joke this year so far has been that we've been awful in the first half, good in the second, or just better in the second half in general. Was this time our first half was the exemplary one, and the second half was where we struggled because uh, in the first half. Um, I mean, they got, I think they got one one uh, uh, field goal um, off of us on defense, and then our offense uh, scored on each possession that they had, and they only got 21 points just because the time went so fast between us running the ball and Illinois running the ball. Um, but there's really not a whole lot to complain about in that first half. We really uh, were in control of the, full, firmly in control of the ball game there. Well, uh, yeah, I would agree uh, uh, only um, to the extent that you have to acknowledge the success in terms of scored points of Diaco's defensive philosophy, but it still frustrated me how long um, 
Illinois was able to retain possession of the ball simply because, you know, we, we continue to play off. Uh, and, and I, when I say we, I, I know that in some cases it's that, you know, the coaches are telling the guys to do this In others. I think the defensive backs are given a little bit of freedom to choose. Um, and, uh, we have a couple of DBs that I think choose to play off way too much. Mm-hmm. Don't, un- don't understand down and distance. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. There was one play in the fourth qu- or in the first quarter I remember where, yeah, they just threw like a little slant that was like a three-yard pass, but our guy was so far off the ball that I think they got a first down off it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but going back to our stat sheet here, um, 400 level, 411 total yards for us, 199 for Illinois. So. We get to hold on to that under 200 uh, stat again, even though it's by one yard. Um, right. 256 pass yards for us, 106 for Illinois. Uh, 17 of 24 on completions and attempts versus them being 10 and 16. Uh, so that is definitely a much better completion rating that we've had. And like you say, I think uh, going for a lot of those quick, quicker passes uh, was a factor in that. I, I would agree. Absolutely. And and it's the kind of, it's the nature of uh, an offensive, you know, I should say play calling sequence that I think would lead us to greater success in terms of being able to move the football, even against a, a, a you know, a, a superior opponent, a better opponent. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then our, our favorite stat here, rushing yards. Uh, we had 165 rushing yards to their 93 uh, both had basically an equal number of attempts, 38 to their 37, uh, but we had 4.3 yards per carry, whereas they had 2.5. Um, wow. Yeah, well, uh, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, with a couple of exceptions, our run defense was pretty deep, pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we, we uh, you know, like you say, there were like one or two series where um, they got they got a uh, a little drive going on us, but mo- in most of those times, we either stopped them and forced them to punt, or uh, they had to kick a field goal, you know, instead of getting yeah. a touchdown. Their quarterback hurt us with running plays. That's true. There was there was one play where he like scrambled, and we just had like four guys like try to tackle him and fail, and that that was pretty exactly. bad. But that was his throwing uh, his la- his lack of ability to throw the ball definitely helped us in a lot of cases too so that's the clear drawback of him yeah oh did i lose you no nope. Nope. okay great but okay did, sorry did you hear what i said there uh no say that again i was just saying that uh his running definitely helped them but then also his uh, uh his inability to pass the ball in a lot of situations uh was a big help because there were some just oh way, yeah way off balls that he threw yeah absolutely true absolutely true yeah there's no doubt that they have him behind center for his legs not his arm yeah and then lastly uh one of one for turnovers although our uh their one turnover was near the end of the game when it didn't really matter so much um and then time of possession we were uh pretty close although we had 31 uh uh minutes compared to their like 28 52 believe that's what it was got it got it yeah and and again time of possession is a hollow stat unless you understand the 
the dynamics of the game, right? The circumstances and number of uh, uh, points differential that that existed and those kinds of things. Yes, it's true. Um, but so as we said at the beginning, um, it was nice to see those adjustments on offense and to see our defense uh, be able to um, shut down a, a weaker opponent. You know, I was joking with you after the game that I'd almost forgotten what a, a solid victory felt like because we've had just so many close games, even against teams where we know we're the better, we have more talent, you know? Right, right, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, is it, that, and, and, I, and I feel bad a little bit about that, Alex, because, it, it, you know, it's hard for me to continue to try to describe to you or others what it was like during, uh, you know, an era of uh, Nebraska football, which lasted not just you know, for three or four years, but, but truly was about a, you know, 35 year period of time, uh, much, uh, you know, most of my life, um, I, I, I experienced that. And so, you know, it, it would have been unfathomable for the, you know, 1995 Peter Schmetz to, to be able to comprehend what we've gone through in the last 15 years. Right. Yeah, well, and that's something we talked about on our podcast with AJ um, from back during the summer. Just kind of that that different mentality. Um, whereas, you know, a Husker fan like me, uh, I grew up after that era. Um, there was an interesting part of the game where they showed, like, the stats of, like, all of our head coaches from Frank through uh, Mike Riley. Right. Um, yeah, and, and currently, at least, his stats don't uh, stack up great. Um, and it makes you wonder once again, like, why did we fire Frank? Like, we had a good thing going there, it seems like. Well, I, I understand I understand why Frank was fired, um, but I, I, I think it was a premature decision. I think Frank needed to do better than he was doing, but his biggest issue was recruiting. Right. His biggest issue, uh, well, and he had other issues. Uh, I mean, but he, was, he had inherited a staff that was Tom's, and and he had some issues that he needed to work through in a, in the right way, and it took a few years for him to get there, and then as soon as he was starting to get there, uh, Peterson fired him. So it was crazy, but that's that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now transitioning into the second half, um, like you said, that's where you know I I remember I was texting you during the game, and I was hoping like okay we come out strong here, we go up from twenty one to twenty eight. And, you know, kind of shut them down in the third quarter. So, like, in the fourth, we could, like, play our second, third teamers and just kind of coast to victory. Um, But we kind of let them get back in it. Well, not get back in it. uh, But we we were – our inability to score um, for a while there let them them stay competitive at least. Right. Uh, The the game was absolutely still in doubt, especially given the fragility of our – of our overall team, and uh, and it really bothers me that again we weren't able to take a team uh, in a situation where we were we were on the edge of them being uh, you know pretty much solidly out of the game, and uh, and to be able to come out in the second half after having had a good first half and immediately uh, demonstrate that hey I don't care what kind of adjustments you made at halftime we're going to dominate you just as much in the second half. And, and, and instead of doing that, we went three and out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we, 
I'm trying to remember, was was it when Pearsonell caught that punt and then he got slammed like immediately? And did he fumble the ball there? I'm trying to remember where one turnover came from. Uh, um, no, yeah, he did. He did fumble the ball there, but we got it back in that situation. Okay. Or it was Ozigbo, right? It was Ozigbo's fumble yeah, was the one they got. Correct. Right. Correct. Right, which, you know, we've been singing his praises, and yep. uh, and he played well during the game, obviously, except, times. For, except for that part, you know. like And yep. that was a thing in a previous game. I think he fumbled it, but we, we got it back. Um and it, it it makes me it frustrates me just because I I like Ozigbo and I want him to play more. Um, but in that situation, it's the coaches should bench you. You know, if you're having slippery fingers. Absolutely, you you just can't do that. Yeah. It's not an option. And it was great to have Stanley Morgan back in this game with him coming back from his injury, and he had some great catches. But then he also had several there in the second half where he just plain dropped the ball that was right in his hands. Yeah. That's true. It was amazing. He he made some really, really tough catches where either he caught the ball and then just got drilled immediately and he hung on, or he caught the ball and he and he fought for a first down. I mean, he did some great things. But then there are a couple of passes that that were thrown his way where he was, frankly, in both cases that I'm thinking of right now, he was wide open. I mean, and the ball was hit, hit him right in his hands, right in his hands, and he dropped both of them. It's like, come on. But, you know, when you, you know, he's coming back from a neck injury in which he had some kind of stiffness in his neck. And that's one where, man, to, to even play football when you've recently, you know, had that kind of an injury is, to me, pretty remarkable. I, I, I know I, I always was paranoid when that would happen. Right. I hear you there. Um, and so, yeah, there were some moments like that. I remember there was one where, uh, uh, where our guy Tanner Lee um, was like second down and instead of like, you know, he's getting pressure and instead of throwing the ball away, he like tried to force a throw oh. or he got sacked or something like that. Yes. I mean, and yeah, and, and that leads to maybe the bigger discussion. I mean, let, let's go ahead and cut to the chase on that game, Alex, and say, uh, and, and I want to ask you the question and then I'll answer it uh, from my own perspective. But was that a game that you believe gave legitimate confidence to our team uh, as we head into this critical two-week stretch before our, our, our um, bye week? You know, we get a bye week after Ohio State, I believe. And so the question is, you know, was this the kind of win that we needed to be able to go into our preparation for a Wisconsin team, truly believing that not only do we have a chance, but that we have a good chance to beat a Wisconsin team that has to come into our house and play in Lincoln at night and, um, and win against that Wisconsin team. Can we do that based on this game? Does that give us momentum to do that or, or, or not? I definitely think that this game has given us confidence. Uh, now, looking at the game from my perspective, I definitely think part of it was just that Illinois was playing bad. Their quarterback missed the several throws. They had dropped passes. There was a pick that was like right in the guy's hands that our guy had to like uh, block, nap. become defender. Right, he had to become a defender and bat it away, which he did a good job at. Um, so, the uh, Illinois 
gave us, you know, uh, some some of that domination that we had, you know, was just Illinois playing bad. But I also do think that we legitimately made some good adjustments. There were players making good plays and things like that. Um, so it was a combination of them playing bad and us playing well. Um, and I definitely think it did give us some confidence. I think that is really important, you know, to give Tanner some confidence. You know, sitting there in the pocket or knowing that he can give the ball to Ozigbo or Wilbon, you know, we can get some yards just doing that and take some of the pressure off of him. Now, do they think that we have like a good chance, like a, you know, it's like 50, 50, whether we're going to beat Wisconsin next week um, or 60, 40 or whatever. I don't know if it's that much, um, but I definitely think it, it, it leaves it open that we can, if we play well, and they make like one bad mistake, like one turnover, then I definitely think we can win. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree with you that if, if, if Wisconsin were to come in and maybe not play their best football, you know, and, uh, and, and make some uncharacteristic mistakes like turnovers, then that certainly enhances our, our chances. Mm -hmm. So here's my thought. I think that this game takes us off the, the, the massive fragility uh, position that we were in, where I, I think we were a super fragile football team going into Illinois. I think we were a team that really had very little uh, uh, confidence or belief that what, what we were doing or what we, were, what we had accomplished was, was something that would, we could build on. You know? And so um, I think that helped that game against Illinois helped us in that we were able to go out and, and like you said, fairly efficiently early in the game, you know, establish that we were the better team and then hold on to that through the, uh, through the whole first half. And then came out in the second half, we stumbled a little bit, but we're, but our defense played well enough that we, we continued to maintain control. Uh, and then we got another score, which gave us a, 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 a that three score lead that, that I always talk about. So, and then we were good, right? So I, I like that part. But to be honest with you, I think one bad pass or a couple of almost picks from Tanner Lee and his him mentally, he's right back in the tank. You know, here we go again kind of mentality. And I think that's true for our fans too. I think that's the that's you will you will witness the rise and the fall of the of the crowd as well, because we're not gonna be as resilient as uh, a you know, a, a Nebraska crowd of the, of old, right? So there is um, there is definitely some issues that way. I I just I, I wish I almost wish we had another game before we had this Wisconsin Ohio State stretch against you know uh, another lesser opponent, so that Nebraska could could really start to establish itself offensively and and to seek and develop that identity that that you and I keep hoping they're going to find. Um, so. Um, you know, I, it doesn't, to me, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's the kind of confidence building win that I was looking for. I was looking for uh, Illinois. If we, if we had dominated them 48, you know, to seven, uh, or even 35, 14, something like that, where, but we're, we're in control pretty much from the outset. I would feel a lot, lot better about that, but we didn't get that. So. We, now let's fast forward to next week and the Wisconsin game. You know, 
I, I find it fascinating. And you and I talked uh, before we began the podcast just briefly about uh, Wisconsin's most recent game, which was Wisconsin against Northwestern. You know, and and when I saw the score, not having watched the game, you know, I'm I was shocked. I was shocked to see that Northwestern could hang that close to Wisconsin. I genuinely thought Wisconsin was going to have a fairly dominant victory against Northwestern. So that presented the possibility of some hope for us. The fact that Northwestern was able to score 24 points. So it was important for us to look at those details. And I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about what your thoughts are going into the Wisconsin game. But, you know, I'm of the opinion we're going to have to play extremely well. They're going to have to make some uncharacteristic mistakes. But if those two general statements come true, Nebraska at night is a tough, tough out for anybody coming in to visit us. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Um, and looking at that Wisconsin-Northwestern game, which was a 33-24 victory uh, for Wisconsin, um, you were talking about uh, turnovers being uncharacteristic for them, which I'd say in general is true. But in that game, they had three turnovers. Um, now Northwestern had two, uh, so it evened out a little bit. And one of those... Uh, for Wisconsin was a pick six that they took home. Uh, but um, their offense, uh, I did not watch the game in full. I just watched the uh, recap of it. Um, but their offense struggled against Northwestern. Um, and so with, if our defense continues to play well um, and we can uh, stuff their uh, uh, running game, which is something that they uh, try to use effectively, um, I think we could we can slow them down enough there uh, that if our offense is playing well, we can keep up with them. Um, and I would agree with you that I think we need to play well. They need, and then they need to make at least one big mistake, like a, a turnover at, at a key moment, you know, that gives us a short field, that gives us an easy touchdown or pick six or something like that. I think we need something like that to ignite us a bit. And then maybe we could pull out the W. I, I would agree. I think that I think that having some things kind of fall our way where you get some gifted points or some easy opportunities for points um, that that, you know, just happen in games, that would be a very valuable thing for us. And but I can assure you that they defensively are going to be all over Tanner Lee and our offensive system. They are not going to respect our wide receivers. They're going to line up pretty tight to them. And, and be aggressive at the line of scrimmage where offensive line is going to have to pick up blitzes and they're going to have to know what the hell they're doing. And if they don't, then Tanner Lee has a good chance of getting crushed <laughs> on a few occasions. And um, um, we're going to, but we're going to have to find ways to pass the football as well as run it and, and be effective. Right. Well, and I thought that was an interesting stat from the Northwestern game. Um, Northwestern actually had 219 uh, pass yards against uh, Wisconsin, they were 29 of 45, averaging 4.9 yards per pass with two interceptions. Um, and then their rushing was 25 yards with 34 attempts. Um, so they basically completely shut down Northwestern's attempts to rush the ball. Um, and so my worry would be if they can just totally stuff us there and we're forcing Tanner to make those throws. Um, that's where we get into a problem. So I think being able to establish, not that Ozigbo is running all over them, because that's just not realistic, you know, at the start of the game, um, but we're able, 
where they where they have to respect it at least. Um, right. I think that is very important. Yep, I, I would I would one hundred percent agree, hundred percent agree, and uh, so the scenario for how we win, the scenario for how we win, I believe, is that we need to be able to run the football against them at least adequately, which means that our offensive line has to be challenged this week. I think we've got some younger guys who got moved into the starting lineup because of injuries that have actually gelled quite well. Uh, and uh, I would I would be talking with our offensive line this week about here's what you have to do uh, so that we're establishing or trying to establish a running game. Um, uh, so we can control the clock a little bit too. Uh, and then our play action pass is just so much better. But, but then the other thing is we need a little bit of the Memorial stadium magic. We need, we need the intensity and the, you know, the focus, the catching the footballs. We can't have, you know, Morgan dropping passes that are thrown right in his hands. Uh, we need our tight ends to catch the damn ball when they, that's thrown to them. And if we can get that done, then we have a very good chance of, of being able to, you know, basically do what, do what we want to, to do, uh, which is keep Wisconsin's offense off the field and, and maybe grind and pound a little bit with, uh, with Wisconsin's defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and clearly I think both the team and the university understand the importance of that game. That's the game where we're going to be wearing the 97 jerseys. That's our special jersey for this year. Like you say, it's a night game. Uh, So Memorial Stadium is going to be rocking at the start, I I think. Now, like you say, if we, you know, go three and out and they score immediately, you know, then that stadium might quiet up real quick. Um, But what I'm hoping for is that um, we stay competitive with them, you know, throughout the game, you know, make some good halftime adjustments. And if we can find a way to beat Wisconsin, I don't care if it's by one point, as long as we get the W, um, that is really big for Mike Riley right now because we can go the next week and lose to Ohio State, and that will be expected. Um, and But then if we've beaten Wisconsin, that's our main rival here in the West. Uh, and if we can beat them, then I think we could beat Basically, anyone left on our everyone left on our schedule except for um, uh, uh, Penn State, maybe. And now that's not to say that we're guaranteed to. Obviously, we need to play as well as we did against Wisconsin. Um, but if we can beat them, then the dream of making it to the Big Ten championship game is still alive for us, for sure. Yeah. Hey, did I lose you? Nope. Oh, okay. No, not at all. I was listening to you. Okay. <laughs> well, what do you think of that? Well, uh, no, I, I, I couldn't disagree with anything you said. That, that I thought it was exactly right. And uh, so uh, bottom line is, is if we can get that accomplished, uh, then, then we can find ourselves to a victory. And I, and I think if we did that, then the whole perspective on the season changes. Because now, even if most fans know, okay, there's a, there's a likelihood we're going to lose to Ohio State. But if you look back in the history of our series with Wisconsin, you know we are a, we are a player two away from three victories against them. Mm-hmm. You know three more victories than we have uh, since we joined the league, and and so they're a team that we've always played well. Even last year when 
they were clearly the superior team. You know, we basically took them to overtime. Uh, now then, you know, a week or two later when we played Ohio State, we got crushed uh, and we were a disaster. And part of that was the injuries that, that, that had accumulated at that moment in time is what did that at Ohio State. But, but still, uh, if we can get a few more of our guys back this week, especially if Kalu and some of our other defenders come back, which I'm hopeful for. And, uh, you know, I wonder about Trey Bryant being back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if all of a sudden uh, some of those health, health concerns are diminished by having some of those guys return and hopefully um, – Morgan is even that much more limber and comfortable uh, in what he's trying to do because we so desperately need him to be able to stretch that team. Then maybe, just maybe, there's a chance that we could have the old magic make make it happen for us. Right. And the other key, that's the last thing I'll say, is um, we need uh, Langsdorf to... Uh, take what he's learned from the second half of the Rutgers game and this game and stick with it. I don't want to see him come out running these sorts of plays, you know, in the first quarter, and then we go down, and then he starts passing it all over the place, and we're back to Tanner Lee throwing bombs all over the field. Um, Right. Even if we're down, we got to stay committed to, well, you know, if, if, like, the running game is just being completely stuffed, you know, then obviously you got to pass it. Uh, but you know, use those little short passes and routes, yes. and let's let's build some momentum that way, and not revert back to old habits, because otherwise it could spiral real quick. I would agree, and see, that's been kind of the mo of Nebraska in some games where they kind of get overmatched, and then and then the wheels fall off because they start trying to do too much, right? And uh, we've had ten years of quarterbacks who do that. And the assumption going into this season was with Tanner Lee, those years were over. And yet that's what we've seen. So you start, you got to start pointing to, uh, you know, the play caller, the guy who's, who's pulling a string. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on uh, huskermax.com, actually, they had a stats comparison between us and Wisconsin. Uh, they were beating us in most regards. Um, but there were a few things that stood out to me. Uh, one was that we have a little bit better special team stats than they do, so that could mm. be interesting. Uh, we are tied uh, in terms of red zone offense. We had .85, uh, which is 64th in the country, I guess. Um, and then our rushing defense is actually the 22nd best in the whole country, uh, only allowing 105.8 yards on average. Uh, but Wisconsin is fourth with 74.3. Um so there's a couple of situations like that, like time of possession, we're 25th with 32.56, but they have 34.48, you know. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And, of course, those are stats we've gained from playing lesser competition, whereas Wisconsin right. is our first legitimate uh, challenge. Well, I shouldn't say that Oregon was legitimate. Um, right. But, you know, Wisconsin's the first big one, for sure, that matters. Yep. Yep, totally agree. Totally agree. And and so the question is, you know, can we rise to the occasion? Can we play better than we've played all year and, and with confidence? Or are we going to be the limp noodle that as soon as we get hit in the mouth one time, we become, you know, a punching bag? All right. And now I'm going to lay out uh, a worst-case scenario for you here. Um, okay. 
we go against Wisconsin, we play, we fall behind early, and we spiral, and it's ugly like we've seen in the past, and they beat us by, you know, 40 points or whatever, and then we're dejected, and we lose big to Ohio State as well, and we're looking at a, what would that be, 3-4 and four record right now. Um, right. Where does that leave Mike Riley's job security, you think? Oh, I, I think his job security is very, very tenuous. I think it's at, at that point uh, you're probably looking at, um, you know, a lot of the recruiting uh, commitments questioning whether they're going to stay the course. And uh, if you start to see a little bit of that, which you almost certainly would after those kinds of defeats that you just described, and I think Mike Riley's time as our head coach is is simply a matter of you know defining the date. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. That, that's the worst case scenario. Now let's give us the, the the best case scenario, which is that Nebraska finds a way to to win against Ohio or against uh, Wisconsin. Since it's at home, it's at night, and uh, and and we you know the magic returns and Tanner Lee. Now that's a game that could build confidence. Where Tanner Lee now has uh, a, a quality win under his belt, right? So, and more importantly, that gives us the win and the head-to-head over Wisconsin. So then, unless Wisconsin were able to, you know, beat Minnesota or excuse me, beat Michigan, and uh, you know, really dominate everybody else, then uh, we could we could afford, if you will, to lose to Ohio State and lose to Penn State, and with two losses, still win the North. Right. If Wisconsin or lost. the West, we, rather. The West, not right. the North. The it, West. It, and now you got me looking. I want to see who else Wisconsin plays. Um, well, they, they, they would have lost to us. That's one loss. Oh, and then Michigan. And then, they would, and, and then they would lose to Michigan, and then the head-to-head would come into play, and we would, we would win that. Okay. But but we could that would be a scenario where we only lose in conference play to um, Ohio State and Penn State. That means we we beat everybody else in the West, and then you know and and we beat Wisconsin uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And that's totally <clears throat> possible. I mean, I think if if it starts to click and if Tanner Lee is playing well and we're you know, Langsdorf has run the, the offense well, and Diaco's defense is able to keep up this performance we've had against these lesser offenses. Um, we've got some we've got some legit talent um, there. It's just if it can all gel together, I think. Right, right, and and that's the thing. And and Tanner Lee has to make great decisions, not just good decisions. He has to make great decisions, and then our offensive line has to mature like overnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, well, because Wisconsin's strength is their defensive line, um, so yeah. this could be, like you say, this is a big challenge for the offensive line, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, but if we're staying on the optimism train here for a second, Ohio State yep. is not the, um, you know, invincible team that they have been in, or seemingly invincible team, at least, that they have been in years past. You know, they've, they've struggled a little bit at, with their offense and things of that nature, um, so if we pull off, now this is being very optimistic, but if we can pull off the, you know, uh, a, a, a significant victory over Wisconsin, we beat them by like two, two or three touchdowns. Um, then that gives us some oh, major, ma- yeah, I'm, I'm dreaming here right now, but that would give us some major confidence. And then maybe 
Ohio State, who knows if they if they have an, a bad day. Uh, well, well, well I, let me let me interrupt. <laughs> if we win, it doesn't matter if I win by one point. If we win by one point in overtime against Wisconsin, it's irrelevant. Uh, it's just a win. That's all we need. Then we can shift our focus to the following week and say, okay, we got to do this one more time. We're at home, blah, blah, blah. The energy and the crowd and everything, people will understand the importance of this. Now we're 3-0. and If we beat Wisconsin, we're 3-0 and in the division, in the conference, and we're facing an Ohio State team, like you said, that maybe has appeared to be less uh, of the juggernaut than it was when we played them last year. And, and we can look at it and say, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's find the way. And, and maybe a, even a little revenge factor because of the way they kicked our butt. And, and, and those all kind of come together, and, and we have a magical night, and we, beat, and we beat Ohio State. Now we're 4-0, and, and we've got a week off to get healthy and to kind of gather ourselves, and we could then proceed into the second half of the, of the, of the schedule with two really significant wins under our belt. Uh, one stumble, uh, you know, against Northern Iowa, which now, you know, start looking at that 21-17 and, and you know, uh, uh, Northern uh, Illinois. I mean, uh, they, uh, they almost beat SDSU, which was who's ranked 19th. So all of a sudden that, that, that game and that team is more legitimate. Eh, maybe we're not as bad as we thought. Right. That's, that's the whole... The whole conversation shifts. True. Although I will say, even in the best-case scenario where we win those two games, I think we're coming out of it injured in several areas yeah. just because they're very Absolutely. physical teams. Um, now, like you say, we have the bye week after that, so that uh, should definitely give us a little bit of time to heal. But knowing how it went last year, as you explained, um, things could uh, we could we could struggle to win against you know Penn State or Iowa and Minnesota and those sorts of teams later on just because of our major injuries as a result of these two games. That is true, but uh, let's let's again if we're if we're being that optimistic, we we can also assume we're going to be invincible and uh, <laughs> uh, and we will not have any injuries. Yeah, now let's keep dreaming. All right, so exactly. Uh, Time for, Time for predictions. Predictions. What do you got? Uh, well, you know, my realistic uh, hat would say we're not going to win this game. Uh, Wisconsin is just that much better. But, you know, Wisconsin's struggle with Northwestern gives me a glimmer of hope. That combined with Nebraska at night, which has been a pretty intense environment for others who have, who have faced it, I'm going to say we find a way, and we win 24-23. Mm, interesting. All right. Um, I'm going to go with – let's see. What was I just thinking? I'll, so you said 24-23. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go with a 31-28 victory, a little, a little mm. higher scoring. Um, but a victory by Nebraska. But a victory by Nebraska. God, we are just stupid optimists. I love it. <laughs> you know it, man. Now you you know we, we we there's a very real possibility we're going to be having a podcast next week saying okay well we were really being optimistic but here's the reality of what happened and we're going to be backtracking on that whole thing and we may be having a whole different conversation but 
you know, that's the beauty of sports. It's the beauty of college football specifically, where it's kind of a one and done type of thing with most teams every year. Uh, and we desperately need this victory. We need to beat Wisconsin in this game. They have had our number. They have gotten so lucky against us in critical situations. And it's our turn. Yep. Well, I definitely agree with you there. Um, last point before we wrap up. Um, let's say that we, we new, new hypothetical scenario for you. We lose to Wisconsin. We lose to Ohio State. Uh, it, they're disappointing, but we play well. You know, we stay competitive at least. You know, we lose by like a touchdown. We don't get blown out or whatever. Um, and then, then we're looking ahead to the rest of the season. Where do you think that leaves the team and Mike Riley then? Well, I would say that if that happens, that uh, Mike Riley would still be on thin ice. But I think uh, there would still be a lot of people saying, yeah, we're young. These were two games we kind of expected we were going to lose. Uh, but we played well. There were these examples of hope and optimism for the future because we're a young team. And I think that there's maybe more momentum uh, to retain uh, him than to boot him. Uh, as far as the team goes, then you get a week off. Um, you get to regather yourself and you see if you can win out, you know, and, and get better as the season goes so that you can get into a bowl game. And I think that's the focus then. And, and it's not about winning a championship or winning even the division. It's just about let's, let's do this thing so we can get to a decent bowl game and have a good positive thing for ourselves. And then we're going to build on next year. You know, that, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, hope for the best next week and exactly. cheer for our Huskers. That's going to be the plan. Absolutely. Uh, so if you all out there enjoyed this podcast, you can email us at huskerpete 13 at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, as we said earlier. Uh, leave us ratings or reviews there. You can find us on footballthrowdown.podomatic.com. Leave comments there. Check out all of our past podcasts, things of that nature. Um, anything more you want to say to the fans out there, Dad? No, I just what you know what. Wear red and cheer loud. There you go. All right. So until next time, go big red. Go big red. Go big red.